The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Caroline Stanbury, star of The Real Housewives of Dubai, entrepreneur, wife, and mother of three, once divorced and now remarried to a much younger man, uncut and uncensored with Caroline Stanbury follows me as I live my life unapologetically and shows you that there is life after 40. I'm here to let you know that not only is there a life after divorce, but you have the power to make it your best one yet, just like I did. So buckle up and join me for the wild ride. So welcome back to another episode of Uncut and Uncensored with Caroline Stanbury. And I'm very excited about today's guest because I'm joined by the amazing Dave Asprey, who invented Bulletproof Coffee and the founder and sort of king of biohacking, which is what has really, really sort of fascinated me and I know nothing about. And that's why I'm very excited to have you on today because you're going to educate me because I'm queen. I'm I'm 48 now and I believe I'm aging backwards. So welcome. Thank you. You probably are aging backwards. A lot of us are doing it. My biological age is now uh, 39, but the calendar thinks I'm 51. And when I say my biological age, I've written a major New York Times bestselling book on longevity and several others as a part of this biohacking idea that you are in control of your own biology and the things you change are the environment around you and inside of you. And then if you wanna look a certain way, feel a certain way, have a brain that works a certain way, have hormones that work away, you get to pick. And then we figure out the tools to send a signal to your body. And one of the big tools in the environment around you is people. So that includes your relationships, includes intimacy, conscious sex, all the way to meditation, all the way to you know exercise and food and stuff that's relatively boring. But it turns out I used to weigh 300 pounds. Oh, wow. And I don't know what that is in stone, but it's 50% more than I am now. And I'm 7% body fat. I'm never hungry. And I've taught millions of people how to do that. Everything you say just resonates with me because first of all, I think a bad marriage ages you Absolutely. Not having sex ages you, but women, I mean, I don't know, I can't speak for men, but women, once you don't have it, you kind of get used to not having it. And I got divorced and married a man 20 years younger than me. And he has made me come alive, as it were. We've been together five years and I totally get why men do it. And I've just been on my first hormone journey because I went to America. I'm turning 48 next year. And I didn't know if I was perimenopausal, menopause. I have no idea. And, you know, I just know that it's meant to happen to women around my age and went and got my hormone sorted. So I started peptides and it's changed my nice. life. I have been using hormones for 25 years and I've been using peptides for more than 10 years. And I, I just write about them on my blog and, and talk about them online. And it's remarkable what happens when you get these little signaling compounds that tell your body what you want it to do. And I'm also kind of offended right now. You know, I like to walk around being offended all the time. It's, it's an American thing, apparently. <laughs> but I'm offended that governments think they have a right to say what peptides I get to use. That really pisses me off. That's what I wanted to ask you, because my husband kind of, you know, they, they've got this thing that they're like dangerous or we're suddenly going to drop dead from them or they interrupt our normal body science. They cause cancer, all of these things. That's what we're kind of told by the government. So what? why is that? Why are people turning us off? It's well, like a secret drug we're taking. I hate to say it, but given that the cancer rates are going up and up and up and the government's in charge of allowing pesticides 
and pharmaceuticals with really, really bad side effects, and that more than a million people in the US die every year from pharmaceutical issues. I don't think the government has any credibility when they say something does or doesn't harm your health. They've done everything you could do to ruin the health of the population, both in Europe and in the US. So I'm sorry, I didn't ask you, I didn't pay you as my government to tell me what I'm allowed to do. So no, I buy peptides and I use peptides along with the people I trust, which are doctors, not politicians. And most of the the war against peptides, it is simply big pharma paying the government, especially in the US, with smear campaigns. And the data is very, very clear on this. Peptides, when they're used properly, are safer than drugs. And That's they have what I was going to ask side you. Effects, make you younger. Yeah, they, they and more, do, and more powerful. So let's stick to, start with the first one. The first one I tried, which was in, put into the muscle in my bottom, into the muscle, was mm-hmm. a testosterone one. And I heard that women should have testosterone between 150 and 200. And I was at 15, and that made you such have no a big sex difference. drive at all. None. That made the biggest difference to me. But when I said I tell people that I'm doing testosterone, ones that don't know, they're like, oh my God, you know, because I think it's got a bad rap as a drug. That, that happened because in the 1970s, uh, bodybuilders, uh, you know, yes. like Arnold Schwarzenegger and, and that crowd, I don't know if Arnold used it or not, um, but most bodybuilders in the 70s did. They would inject synthetic testosterone that was modified so that it could be patented. And that didn't work that well in humans and caused side effects. The type of testosterone that I've been using for 20 years is bioidentical. It's the same as what my body makes. Mm -hmm. And my testosterone levels when I was in my early 20s were lower than my mother's because of toxic mold, because I was obese, because of pollution. And so I'm very familiar with testosterone. What is interesting though is that testosterone, it's the hormone of desire, but not just bedroom desire. It's the hormone of desire to make a difference in the world. It's tied to your dopamine levels, and dopamine is what drives motivation and happiness. So when a woman is low on testosterone, she has very, very low sex drive. She's just not interested. Like She's not putting out pheromones. But also, parenting just feels like such a chore, and going to work is so much, and everything is, is just a, it's a giant mountain to climb because you just don't have motivation. And when you get your testosterone levels up, you get vibrant and you get juicy and you get happy and you're saying, of course I want to do that. And you want to take care of your husband. Oh my God. You're making me so happy right now, honestly, because my husband's been fighting me every day on this. And I've been telling, you know, my girlfriends how different I feel and how amazing I feel. And then the, you know, and that I think everyone should have it as if it's administered, as you said, in the right way by a doctor who's already got my testosterone levels and I'm not injecting it, it myself willy nilly just to like, you know, make myself feel good. Even if you were, what's wrong with that? As long as you know the right amount. I inject every week. Well, no, that's yeah. fine. But that's what I mean. You have to be prescribed the amount, right? Because right. I heard, does, is that a myth then? Does testosterone cause cancer or not? No, it stops it doesn't. cancer. It stops and you cancer. Have these, you have these clowns out there who based on 1970s and early 80s data with bad testosterone that wasn't the bioidentical stuff saying, mm-hmm. oh, it might do it. And I wrote, I, I wrote about this in my big anti-aging book. It's called Superhuman. And... Even in men where they say, oh, it could affect prostate cancer, no, that's not what the evidence shows. 
So we get a belief in our mind and then we just repeat it as if it's true. And that's not how it works. Low testosterone humans are more likely to die from almost all causes. That's not to say high testosterone is better. It's saying adequate testosterone makes you healthier and it makes you younger. Oh my God, that's amazing. Low testosterone humans are more likely to die. I, I think that's amazing. And I, you know, I really, really think it's, you know, we don't have this over here. We don't have it in the Middle East. You know, like LA has changed my life since I I went there just now, had a full facelift. I feel like a complete new woman. You look and great. Thank you. Uh, so it's not even a month yet. Yeah, he did a great job. And it's just changed my life. Oh, I, I tried copper peptides. What, what, did, what do you think about those? Those were amazing. Copper peptides are really, really important. And this compound is called GHK, and it's yes. found in collagen. I turned yes. collagen into a billion-dollar protein category. I popularized collagen. Every collagen yeah. supplement you're taking now, it's because when I started Bulletproof, I talked about all the science behind collagen. So copper tripeptide or copper peptides are a compound that goes down as you age in your mm -hmm. body. And if you inject it or put it even on topically, it can rejuvenate your skin and it causes your body to grow younger yeah. and better collagen. So when you say you're aging backwards, you actually can. And copper tripeptide is one of the many things that you would use to do that. And people who have higher levels of it, not only do they look better, but your arteries are going to be healthier too because they're made out of collagen as well. Stop it. My arteries will be better. This is this is making my day. You know, nobody really knows about this because I think what happens is they see me injecting these things daily. And, you know, it's just, I think when you're administering things at home and people don't understand it, they get very scared by it and they don't want to talk about it. And they it feels a little bit dirty. I, I know what you mean. Like just the other day I was at a friend's house and they took this plastic thing and they unwrapped this strange, highly processed food and they just put it in their mouth and they ate it. And I didn't understand. And it was really scary. And it was so weird and something I would never do. And I think they might've even been a bad, a bad person for doing it. It was pretty weird. The fact that anyone is going to say, oh, I don't understand it. Therefore it's bad. You're like, Do you know what you're doing to your body with this weird crap you're putting in your body? You probably don't. But there are people like me, the, there are biohackers, there are people who really understand nutrition and aging in a way that, that most people don't. And you say, wow, the fact that, that you're feeling that you have a right to criticize this because you don't understand it, well, you do have a right to criticize it. You have a right to say all sorts of stupid things, but you need to have understanding and have curiosity before you do this. And people who jump to fear of the unknown when they see you, who's someone who's obviously healthier than the average person around you, and instead of going, what are you doing? They're saying, how dare you do something I don't understand? It's like, sorry, like maybe you should learn. I, I just, I have no patience for that. No, nor do I. But why do you then say, you need to go to a doctor. So I think that's what scares people because they say you need to have a full body check before you do these things. And that's already got, you know, when you go to hospital for blood test and this, and people kind of go, oh, it's scary already. I think if you have a thyroid issue, you shouldn't take some of these things. Is that right? And so people get scared by it. They get scared by it. But in the US, the DIY movement is a big thing for your home, right? It's probably mm -hmm. the same there. You go to Ikea, mm -hmm. make your own furniture. I don't yeah. know the name of the home improvement stores, but you go we and have buy Ikea. your own. We have Ikea. Uh, yeah, but you also have like like wood. Like like if you want to go build a wall in home your house, base. you go to Home base, store. I think. Home base, there you go. Okay. <laughs> so 
that seems really dangerous. I mean, you could go to home base and you could build a wall. It might catch on fire. You could put some plumbing in. It might leak. You could put in a, a lighting fixture. It could catch on fire. Really, you should have a professional do that for you, mm-hmm. right? Well, that's 100%. how it was. And then home base comes around and all of a sudden now, oh, you can do it. Why is it any different for your body? It's not. So there are some things that are obviously dangerous, and there are many things that are very, very safe that you can do yourself. The reality is that anyone can order a thyroid test, and in two hours of reading any book on thyroids, even my book probably has enough info in it, you could say, huh, okay, my levels are lower than they should be for someone who's going to be at full energy and live a long time. I think I will treat them. And you could go to the doctor, or because you're saving money, or because you're waiting you know, two years for an appointment with your doctor, meanwhile, those two years you're depressed, you're at high risk of having a heart attack because your mm-hmm. thyroid's low, you could just order a low dose of thyroid and try it. And if you feel better, go up a little bit and get another lab test. It's the same thing your doctor would do. You don't need to be a doctor to do that. And people say, but it could be dangerous. Having a low thyroid is also dangerous. In fact, it's very dangerous. So yes, can people get in trouble with these things? They can. People get in trouble with alcohol. People get in trouble with all sorts of things. So I will say that if you are in a place where you can't afford to go to a doctor and do all this stuff, you can buy lab tests and you can buy clean bioidentical hormones online and they'll ship them to you from other countries and you can treat yourself. And many biohackers do that because the peptides that I would get from a doctor cost in the US $200 and the same peptides that you order online cost $30. So I can afford whatever peptides I want. I buy the $30 peptides because they're easier than going and getting a doctor appointment. And I can talk to almost any doctor I want. I have great friends with them. I lecture to them. I'm not a doctor, uh, but I share a lot of information about how biology works and how aging works with doctors. So I love medical professionals, the ones who are good at anti-aging, if I have access to them. And if I don't, I'll take care of it myself. Just like if your car needs an oil change and you can't change the oil and you have no choice, even if you don't know how, you're going to go to YouTube and you're going to figure out how to unscrew the thing because otherwise you can't drive. So sometimes you just have to take matters into your own hands. And if you're feeling like crap all the time and your current doctor doesn't work, find a new doctor. And if you don't have money to find a new doctor, order your own thyroid panel. It's not that hard. So- what is the difference between aging for a man and a woman around 40? Because, you know, at this stage of our lives, what would you suggest or how would you suggest someone starts this? Because I, we hear this word thrown around a lot and not many people understand what biohacking is yet. How do you start? And You would want to get a measure of where you are. And there's three tests that men and women need to get. And I would recommend even doing this in your 30s, just so you know what good numbers are for you. And here's what the three tests are. Mm -hmm. One of them is a full sex hormone panel. This is testosterone and estrogen and progesterone and estradiol and things like that. And almost any company that supports at-home lab testing or any doctor is capable of ordering this. And now, oh, okay, how am I doing on my sex hormones? What you're going to find is that almost universally, men and women are now at half the level of testosterone they were for their age 25 or 30 years ago. There's been a population-wide decline in testosterone because of our use of plastics and pesticides. So this is a big problem. In fact, most people need to be on testosterone now or make major changes in their diet and lifestyle to get their levels back up. Wow. So it's, it's a scary time because it affects fertility, but more importantly, it affects the quality of our consciousness. 
if you want to have a world full of people who have enough energy and desire to stop their car and help the little lady across the street, people who are kind to each other, you need to have your energy. You need to have your testosterone. And if you want to have people who are just exhausted and, and just have a short fuse and, and just kind of feel helpless, that's a low testosterone population. You just don't want to do that. So be one of the people who is able to take care of not just yourself, but your family and your community. And whether you're a man or a woman, the levels are different. But people don't know this. Women have more testosterone than they do estrogen. <laughs> so it's just you have a lot less than men. Yeah. I had no idea. I, I really, and it's crazy that I've got to the age of, well, 47 now, 48 in April, without knowing any of this. They don't talk about it much because it's good for business when you know you have to come in and just don't worry, I have a white lab coat, I'll take care of it. And the modern generation of doctors, it's so different than it was 20 years ago. They partner with you on your health and, and they really want to do this with you. In fact, I had a, a medical procedure, a surgery two days ago. And the anesthesiologist walks in and he's in his sixties and he says, Oh, Dave, because in my other life, I'm an integrative doctor or a functional medicine doctor. And he said, I've read your books. This is so cool. So this is a guy who spent probably 35 years in practice and was actively monitoring his own hormone levels and taking care of them and doing it for patients. In addition to being in hospitals and knocking people out, he gave me a big dose of ketamine so they could do their procedure. So. If you were to say, okay, what do my sex hormones look like? Okay, that's desire. But what if you have desire and you're tired all the time? You've been there? Yes, Happens 100%. A lot. Yeah. Okay. The tired all the time, that's usually thyroid. So you also need to get a full advanced thyroid panel. And this is going to tell you, is your body asking for more energy from your thyroid gland? So the thyroid's the thermostat. Like, do I have enough energy? Because when you're full of energy and you're full of desire, then the mountain doesn't look very high. But when you have no energy and you have no desire, like, wow, that mountain looks, I can't do that. Like I can barely get home from work and, you know, eat some toast or I don't know, there's another name for toast. And you guys like crumpets or something. I don't know. I can order that one online, that thyroid yes. test online. Advanced thyroid and Advanced full thyroid. sex hormone panel. And the third one is an inflammation panel. And this one is maybe most important. So many people are obsessed about cholesterol which is on its face, just bad science. Now, every cardiologist out there other than functional ones just got really mad and said, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And it's okay, guys, you can say that. Here's why. Half of people with heart attacks don't have high cholesterol. Wow. Why are we focused obsessively on cholesterol? Cholesterol is the building block for testosterone and estrogen and cortisol. You mean your brain and your sex hormones are made out of cholesterol and your body manufactures cholesterol in your liver, but somehow cholesterol is bad for you. Maybe wow. not. Is that money? Is that, is there something linked to cholesterol that they, you know, the doctors want well, you the to think? Well, the statin industry, statins are drugs that they give you to lower cholesterol, even though they also lower your energy production in your cells. There's definitely a lot of money being made there, but it's mostly because cholesterol was easy to identify 75 years ago because we didn't have lab tests like we do now. So they could spin blood and they could measure some yellow stuff and it must matter because we can measure it. So what you do with a advanced inflammation panel is you look at something called homocysteine, you look at something called C-reactive protein, and you look at something called LPPLA2. Here's why those matter. All three of those are the things that identify whether you are going to have cardiovascular problems. They're far more important than cholesterol. 
Homocysteine means you need to change the type of B vitamins you take because your body has unusual genetics. I have that, by the way. And if that level is high, you're likely to have a heart attack. So then you change your vitamins until the level goes down. By the way, no pharmaceuticals were sold in this process, which is why it's not so popular. The uh. second thing that you look at, which is CRP or C-reactive protein, this is how much inflammation is there in your body. It's also correlated with heart attacks. And C-reactive protein means you probably have an infection somewhere in your body that you don't know about. Oftentimes, it's a dental thing or somewhere else, and you start working on detoxing. And the third one, LPPLA2, this is to make you feel better about cholesterol. It's an enzyme in, your, in the lining of your arteries that is damaged. If there's any damage in your arteries, this enzyme will go up. So if you have a problem with your cardiovascular system, LPPLA2 will go up. Maybe it's cholesterol. It's probably not. But now, you, okay, my arteries are good. I don't have inflammation and I'm processing my B vitamins right, so now my cardiac risk is down substantially. And let's just talk about the, the thing that, that we haven't talked about yet. There's a lot of fat people around, aren't there? Yeah. Uh, what is the rudest British word that you could use to describe fat people? Obese? Well, no. obese isn't rude. No. That's just like a medical term. Be judgy. Be judgy? I can't actually think of one now. You can't think of one? I just, I love like, like there's a cue at the loo by the lorry and like, as an American, it's just so confusing, like crisps versus cookies. So I, I, there's all these, there's all these words that don't make sense as, as a, an American Fat, guy. We just call As-tune. them fatties or I don't know. Fatties, thank you. Fatties. There you go. See, fatties. There we go. All right. So I was a fatty. I was just trying to, cause literally 50% more than I, than mm-hmm. I weigh now. And I'm like crazy lean. I have a caffeine tattoo on this arm, but like this kind of thing, I'm 51. I have never been in this kind of shape in my life. You look amazing. I have abs that are that are ridiculous. And this isn't me trying to, to be, you know, the crass American. It's just that if anyone on earth could do this, given that I was that fat when I was 23, like I, I was fat for the first half of my life. It's going to be easier for most. I wish I'd have done it sooner. That's why I started the biohacking movement and people have lost a couple million pounds on my on my programs and reading my books and things, because when you're overweight, it's not just how you look, especially if you're married, like you're already married. It's how you feel. It's your energy. It's your brain, right? So you don't like what you see in the mirror, but you're walking around going like everything hurts and everything's hard and, and you're so tired and you can't control your emotions and you wish you hadn't yelled at that person, but your body just didn't have enough energy because it's putting the energy into fat instead of to doing stuff. So. I feel really passionate about showing people and you can change this, but what you're going to find is if you're carrying an extra stone or two, um, that, well, you probably need to change what you're eating because your inflammation markers and your thyroid and your hormones will not be where you want them to be. I was there. So uh, about, well, probably six, seven months ago, I went from my normal weight is around 49 to 53 kilos. And I went all the way to 58 at 46 because I had done two rounds of IVF as well. And oh, I just, that'll mess with your weight. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't lose it. I really could not. And I did Ozempic for a period of time for three to four months, lost all the weight. I'm back to just uh, 50 kilos and I could not be happier. I'm like a, a new human as well. Let's talk about Ozempic. Yes, go for it. When the first studies came out, I found one of the lead researchers on the Ozempic 
uh, study and I interviewed them on my podcast, uh, which is called Mm -hmm. The Human Upgrade. And I thought, oh, this is going to be fantastic. Well, it turns out Ozempic is an anti-aging substance. There's an argument for taking a small dose of Ozempic every couple of weeks as a part of your program to live forever. No way. Uh, And I am on a very aggressive program. I'm planning to live to at least 180. I think we can do it. I've reversed my age. (laughs) Do you really want to? Well, if I look and feel like I do now or better, and I have an active, beautiful, spiritual sex life, and I'm surrounded by friends of all sorts of different ages, and I have a mission in the world, hell yeah. But most of them will have died. Who's left? That's why I have a lot of friends in their 30s. Okay, fine. (laughs) I also have friends in their 90s because you want to learn from your elders while you still have some. True. And- what you're what you're going to find is if your picture of being old is your brain works really well and your body works really well and now you have wisdom mm-hmm. and you have the energy of being young, you can make the world a much better place. And if you have a 180 or 200 year time frame, you're not going to throw the plastic in the ocean because you know you're going to eat it at least twice. So we start taking care of the world around us much better when we believe we're going to live longer. I, I will do it under those conditions. It makes so much sense because, you know, my, my, as I said, my husband's 20 years younger than me, which it doesn't happen very often this way around. And he, le- he loves that he learns from me. That's the one thing he, he likes. So although, you know, I'm sort of reverse aging myself or trying to, that's not the bits that he enjoys is the wisdom that I have, but I'm, I can keep up with him now. I can completely keep up yeah. with him. In fact, I can run circles around him. <laughs> I think that's that's so cool. And it, it's funny. I oftentimes give advice uh, to younger people because I I would I made $6 million when I was 26 in my career, lost wow. it when I was 28. And that was back <laughs> when dollars were real. And <laughs> you know, so I, I've I've had a couple amazing careers and 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 all that. So when I get a chance to give advice, I always tell guys in their 20s and 30s, you need to date a cougar. Yes. Right. And, and there's a why I'm like, because a cougar is a woman who knows what she wants and is Mm -hmm. not afraid to ask for it. Like this is a woman who has learned how to have sex finally, right? You're crazy if you're in your twenties and you don't go out with a few older women because literally they will teach you everything you wish you knew about all the juicy bits and like the quality of, and every, and even if you only date for a few months, like every woman that guy sees after that will benefit from the time he spent with someone who actually knows how her body works. Mm This yeah. is part of that wisdom thing. So I appreciate that you're, you're, you know, okay, you fall in love because we now have longevity and we have the ability to change our age. We are seeing more relationships with people with 10 or 20 year age gaps. And it doesn't matter because you get to pick your age. People don't know this, but in the mid 1990s, they had to change the definition of elderly. And one of the ways we measure how old people are is how strong your grip is. This is a kind of a dumb way of measuring it, but it works really well. How much can you squeeze? If you can squeeze hard, you're not old. And all of a sudden, they found that the people at 55 used to be considered elderly. And all of a sudden, they found that people who were 65 had the strength of former 55-year-olds. So they changed the definitions and they basically added 10 years to your life before you got elderly. I went to the hospital to go and do our stuff for the, for the IVF. And they said I was a geriatric pregnancy. Wow. At 48? Then 45. 45? Yes. That's the medical term for my age. Geriatric was the word they used in front of my husband. 
My, <laughs> my first book that I wrote, geez, in 2011 was called The Better Baby Book. It's a book on human fertility because my wife who, or I'd say my wife at the time, mother of my children, she was uh, 39 and she had been infertile for 10 years, diagnosed by her medical school colleagues. And well, I'm like, we can biohack that. So changed diet. That was all we did. And I did all the cooking, all the shopping. And magically, she became quite fertile. And we had one child at 39, one at 42 with no IVF. Oh, wow. And today, she does fertility consulting for you know, global families. Oh, I need to and meet her. We're trying. Yeah, I can connect you guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Her name's Lana Forey, Dr. Lana. And it's amazing, though, because she's worked with people who are, it's supposed to be impossible to get pregnant. And yeah, there are more risks as you're older on average. But here's the thing. Are you average? No, you're so. in reasonably good shape. You're taking care of yourself. The average person, if you look at what average is, it includes heroin addicts. It includes people who are really unhealthy and includes a few super healthy. So you figure out where are you on the curve? The reality is that if you're a really healthy 45-year-old, your risks during pregnancy will be lower than a 35-year-old. On average, they won't be. But if you're not average and yes. the 35-year-old is average, you yes. can outperform. So you are not a number, you're a person and you get to control your risk. That's why biohacking is so important. What if you preconditioned yourself before you even started getting pregnant? And in that book, I recommend three to six months of things you do. And there are thousands of people who couldn't get pregnant who are pregnant now. It wasn't my biggest book by far, but I think it's been one of the most impactful because you can turn on, it's called the better baby book and you can turn on fertility depending on why it got turned off, but it's usually toxins and hormones. So we have so much control, but most of us don't know. It's sort of like if you were to go to an architect and say, you know, I have this old house and the architect's going to look at the house and they're going to say, oh my gosh, if you just you know, put a peak on this and you paint it this color and you add a wall here, it's going to be this amazing, beautiful thing. But you're not going to know because you don't have the vision because you haven't studied it. Mm -hmm. Well, your biology is the same way and you can, you can change it so dramatically. And the end result is that fertile people, whether they're men or women are healthier than people who are not fertile. And this even goes, you're saying, but I've been through menopause. Yes. And people after menopause are less healthy than people who are in mm. their twenties and fertile. It's called aging. So even that there was a technique pioneered actually in the UK. It's not commercially available yet but it fascinates me. And it's something that I would like to do for my daughter. They found that they could take a small amount of ovarian tissue and they have to surgically extract that mm -hmm. and they could bank it and they freeze it. Mm -hmm. And then when you start getting perimenopause symptoms, they take that tiny little bit and they re-implant it in your ovaries. And then you don't have menopause for another 20 years. Stop it. Wow. So Never this heard is of it. pioneered. Um, almost no one has. Yeah. And it's because I study advanced longevity. In the UK, they found, I think it was something like 5 billion pounds a year of cost associated with menopause, just in the economy. People are feeling bad. It, it happens, right? You have right. days missed work and all. So it's not in their interest to, to solve it. Yeah. yeah. Understood. So I, there's just so much power that women can have over their bodies. And I think it's a human right and men as well. And, and it gets to be different around your forties and fifties you know, with men. We're like, okay, where's our hair, right? Why do we have guts? Why do we have man boobs? It's because our testosterone is low and it's turning into estrogen and we're eating the bad fats like canola oil and all these weird plant foods that are not healthy that people say are healthy. 
you know, just go back to the traditional British diet, you know, bangers and mash isn't a bad thing. No, and I, I agree with all that. I think, you know, more of a little bit of everything is better for you. But what I wanted to ask you, so go back to the Ozempic because it is oh, yeah. such a dividing topic for people that it causes oh, cancer. This is just a bunch of Luddite nonsense. Let's nonsense. just be straightforward. People are saying you're supposed to suffer. You're supposed to work hard. How dare you lose weight easily? Yes. My husband's mother was told she couldn't take it because she has a thyroid problem. That's insane. That's insane. So here's what's going on. And by the way, almost everyone has a thyroid problem these days. It's very, very common. Yeah. Hashimoto's is running rampant. And even people as you age, your thyroid starts to slow down. They go, oh, that's normal for aging. I'm like, how about you just don't say that? I want the thyroid and testosterone levels of a healthy 30-year-old when I'm 130. Yeah. So I have been taking thyroid since I was 26 because I had Hashimoto's. I had very, very low thyroid. And I monitor my thyroid level and I take the right amount of thyroid hormone because my body doesn't make it anymore. So there's nothing wrong with that. So the fact you have a thyroid problem, whatever. But Here's the risk with Ozempic. It is mm -hmm. an anti-aging compound. It is mm -hmm. good for you unless when you take it, you're going to feel like you have morning sickness. Yes. It makes you nauseous and it makes you not want to eat. Yes. You will lose a huge amount of muscle mass when you take Ozempic. So you lost weight, but you lost all your muscle. And so you basically have blubber and skin and bones and it makes you weak. This is really dangerous because loss of muscle mass is something that will it's such a high risk for death and a high risk for aging. So what do you do? If you're going to use Ozempic and if you're fat, you should use it. Right? Can I quickly ask, what about that thing, stomach paralysis? They say it's you get. It's such a rare occurrence. You're risk right. from Tylenol of harming your liver, sorry, paracetamol from okay. uh, harming your liver is much higher than that. So yeah, of course there's some dramatic tiny side effects that don't affect very many people at all. Right. That's right? What I so think. everything has risks. It's just that risk isn't high enough to matter. Okay. And it. they'll say weird things like it doubles your risk. Well, if the risk was one in a million and now it's two in a million, a doubling of risk didn't matter. Yeah. So this is basically people who profit from you being fat and sick. They don't want you to stop being fat and sick. So they're going to make up all these, these sensationalist headlines and it just doesn't make sense. But here's what you have to do. And what doctors should force people on Ozempic to do. And I don't mm -hmm. like the idea of you know, people forcing but you must eat enough animal protein when you're on Ozempic that you maintain your muscle mass. Since you're never hungry and protein is particularly satiating, most people just end up eating a very low calorie diet and they're eating primarily you know, some plants and some carbs and they just shed weight, but they shed muscle. And then they're really unhealthy and it's hard to recover your metabolism from that. And that's when you get all these problems. So the deal is, you say, how much do I want to weigh? Mm-hmm. And then you have 2.2 grams of animal protein for every pound of ideal body weight. What's that meat? That's meat, eggs, or dairy protein. Okay. And I'm sorry, pea protein, some sort of weird, highly processed industrial vegan nonsense, tofu, it doesn't work. You need to have three times more of that to get the same effect. And you cannot put that much in your stomach when you're on Ozempic. I, I did it for one week to do my podcast about Ozempic with a researcher. I'm like, I can't eat. I lost muscle mass. I look like I'm on a water polo well, my team. My husband lives on pea protein, so don't use that. Gross. Gross. There's usually toxic heavy metals in it. Since when have we ever lived on pea protein? It's, it's a highly industrialized, it's a weird idea. So I, I will tell you, anyone who's looked at muscle stuff, 
this war on animal protein is just a war on human health and fertility so that people can sell you cheaper food for higher costs. Okay. No, I don't use vegan proteins and gluten is a vegan protein. It's just not good for you. So all proteins are not the same. The ones with the highest amino acid score are animal proteins. I eat steak from grass-fed cows mm-hmm. the way that they're supposed to be made almost every single day. Yeah. So steak, eggs, cheese, milk, if you're not allergic to milk and cheese, mm-hmm. a lot of people are, whey protein. And I have never been healthier. And I've been doing this for almost 15 years. I track all my markers. And the amount of resilience and energy that you can have, I tell you, you take away animal protein, everyone gets slower and fatter and they wonder why they're tired. We also become depleted in minerals because these these plant-based proteins, they're not there to be food sources. They're there to protect the plants from being eaten by animals. Why do we have so many thyroid problems? Because of too much plant protein. So yes, we want some veggies, but we don't need to have an obsessive amount and throw out all of the meat that's been the most important source of nutrients for humans for thousands of years. What about children? Because children, there's a lot, there's a whole wave of obese children now. I was an obese child. I I was an early adopter of that. Mm -hmm. And if you want to take your children and make them not obese, give them four eggs in the morning for breakfast so they get enough protein and watch what happens to them. Okay. Right. And then at lunch, give them a chicken breast or a piece of meat and watch what happens to them. They're their brains calm down, they become focused, they become yep. lean, their bones become dense. My kids have been eating this way their whole life. And even in kindergarten, uh, which is the very first grade, I don't know if we use the same words over um, in the UK, but this old, probably 70-year-old teacher, she picked up our son when he was 18 months old as a baby. And she said, oh, he's heavy like babies used to be because his bones are denser because he got to eat enough protein. In China, where they know this, the average height of children is three inches higher now than it was the generation before because they're eating more animal protein. Fascinating. Fascinating. They're trying to convince us in the West that somehow eating soy nuggets, pea protein, uh, tofu, and a lot of whole grains is good for us. We have known throughout all of human history that that doesn't work. So on Ozempic, you cannot make these mistakes. You must have animal protein and whey protein is probably the cheapest. You just have to measure the amount of protein you're getting. People I know who I've worked with who take Ozempic and keep their protein levels high, they lose weight and they maintain muscles and they feel amazing. And once a week, even if you hate it, you have to pick up heavy things. That's the signal to put on muscle. It doesn't take that long. You do it for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And in the US, I have a, a franchise company called upgrade labs Mm -hmm. where people come in and they use AI powered gear that lets them do exercise in tiny, tiny increments. My most recent book called smarter, not harder. I teach people how to do exercise in 20 minutes a week. Oh, by the way, that's my exercise regimen, 20 minutes per week, not per day. That's insane. And I'm in better shape than almost everyone. It's crazy. I I love that. How do you get a six pack with 20, 20 minutes a week? Steak. Exercise. Steak. If you want a six pack, it's how lean are you? I'm going to go downstairs and drive my husband fucking nuts because you have just blown like the water out of 
everything. He used to play um, professional soccer for his whole, since 15 to 24 um, at Real Madrid. And like, he has the worst eating habits and gut of anybody I know. And he suffered <laughs> a lot of stomach issues and from too much protein and things like this. But he hates my peptides. He's trying to throw out the Ozempic and, you know, all of these things that have made me so much happier and vibrant and I'm trying to tell everybody look at me I think I healed better and I'm looking at you and it's insane well if, if it helps I opened the first all grass-fed restaurant in LA about 10 years ago mm -hmm. it was called the Bulletproof Cafe then and David Beckham came in and Sporty Spice came in and they're there a, a lot of celebrities because they realized grass-fed meat it actually helps. It makes you feel better. And most athletes know this. And you have a few athletes who say, I'm going to go vegan. And then they get injured the next season. And then they never have a good season again, which is what happens when you go on a mm -hmm. plant-based diet. By mm -hmm. the way, I was a raw vegan in 2003, 2004. I radically harmed my health with that. It's taken me years to recover from what it did to me. So wow. when I see people trying to do this to kids or women who are dealing with perimenopause and they say, oh, I'll just go plant-based. It is so bad for you to do this. You need the nutrients, you need the minerals, you need the amino acids, you need the proteins, and you need the animal fats. They make humans stronger and they make us calmer and more focused and they make us feel like we want to feel. And when some food company with an agenda to sell you something that doesn't cost much to produce and charge you the most money, of course, they're going to lie to you and tell you it's healthy, but they're lying. Thank you, Dave. This has been, I mean, as I said, I'm going downstairs to change my entire lifestyle. I have two stories that I have to Go tell on. you that are yes. really important for you. Yes. One of the the women entrepreneurs I know, Yeah. I, I got on her case about it. I spent some time with her and, and I said, look, you're not eating enough protein. And, and she had some extra pounds and she's, no, no, I, I'm, I'm mostly plant-based and I eat some fish. And I said, this is nonsense. Just do what I said. Do three scoops of whey protein a day. She calls me up three days later and she said, Dave, I didn't tell you this, but I was diagnosed with an eating disorder when I was 18 with binge eating. In my entire life, I have had a gnawing hunger and I just sit with it and I've learned to live with it. And I'm always hungry. And now that I'm getting enough protein after three days, I'm not hungry for the first time in my life and I don't know how to eat. I don't know what to do because I don't have a desire for food. I've never experienced this before. That's what protein deficiency feels like. That's what he My has. Plant-based proteins don't solve that problem. You put whey protein, you mean just make a shake? Yeah. Any animal protein. Steak is better. With milk? or You, you can do it with milk if you're not allergic to milk. Yeah, mm -hmm. that works fine. And you can do it with water too. So that's kind of magic. If you're on Ozempic, you should just always have whey protein with Ozempic because then you'll have enough protein and your body will just turn into muscle instead of turning into fat. Go back to where you said, so you got to the weight you want to be. Then you yep. just, you use it to maintain. Every day I eat the number of grams of protein that matches for my ideal weight. And I do that first, like every mm -hmm. meal, I make sure I get enough protein. And then I make sure I only eat good fats and I have as many mm -hmm. carbs and veggies as I want, which depends on the day. So looking like this, so how often do you need your Ozempic then? Oh, I've only used Ozempic for one week to, to do a show about it. I don't, I don't yeah. eat Ozempic. I'm, right. I'm lean just from what I eat. Amazing. But for people who are at their ideal weight, yeah. for longevity purposes, you yes. do a low dose of Ozempic. And low dose for you means you're not too nauseous. And you do that once every two weeks. 
just because it's called a GLP-1 agonist, they have longevity effects that go beyond just weight loss. Amazing. And for everyone who says, oh, but you know, you could have stomach paralysis. Do you know how dangerous it is to be fat? It is so dangerous. Your odds of dying from all sorts of stuff are super high. And you know, five in a million or some small amount of, of potential stomach paralysis compared to the dangers of being fat. Like, Thank I'm you. I'm sorry. I'll take those odds any day of the week. I did a whole podcast on it because I also said, you remember like when we were all, we were all forced or ran in to go and do the COVID vaccination, none of us knew what we were putting in our body. None of us, but Ozempic's the problem. You just, you have to understand that, that both the pharmaceutical companies and the government, they do not have your health as their primary goal. No, they, they just don't. And, and that's okay. You know, the government, their thing is their job is to be in control. At all costs. Yep. That's what they do. They and to money. maximize the amount of money that they can extract from taxes, because that's what governments do. And that's, that's what we hire them for. And they keep us safe. Like it, it's yep. a good deal. But they're supposed to keep us safe from like invading armies and crime and stuff like that, not safe from our own decisions. So they get a little, they get a little full of themselves over time. But the companies, their job is to do whatever it takes to get as much money from you. And they'll lie. Companies lie. That's just how it is. So then you have to use your own powers of discernment. And you talk to people like you who are clearly doing better than average and say, huh, mm -hmm. what worked for you? And the fact that some big company has an ad campaign that's full of trash, it doesn't matter. You got to talk listen. to the people who are winning. That's, I think, you know, I've never listened to people and other people's opinions. I've done what's right for me. And I think you've just yeah. vindicated me. So I have loved today. I could talk to you all day long, frankly. Um, Dave Asprey, tell everybody um, how they find you, where you are. This is uh, like just amazing. Follow me on Instagram, dave.asprey. Mm -hmm. And I have little short videos. I'll tell you all the good stuff about how to live forever and look good and feel good. And my podcast is called The Human Upgrade. 400 million downloads, one a Webby, and uh, a major show on health where twice a week I talk to someone really interesting and knowledgeable and make it accessible. That's fantastic. Thank you, Dave, for joining me. I really, really appreciate you taking your time today. And I have learned a lot. Thank you, Caroline. Thank you for listening. You can catch my new episode of my podcast every Wednesday. Please don't forget to follow so you don't miss any of the action. I want to hear from you, so leave me a rating and a review. Follow us on social for all the behind-scenes action and more information at Uncut and Uncensored by Caroline. See you next week.